This season on Three Things, we're zoning in on one theme, peak performance. What does it take to achieve greatness? How do you maintain it? And how do you continually find areas to improve in every area of your life? People are driven by different things. To me, the great peak performers out there are the people that are driven by this notion of there's always another gear. There's always a way to get better. It's two people, 20 minutes, and three things with Rick Elias. On the next two episodes of Three Things, we've got three guests and two very different perspectives on peak performance. First up, Rick calls Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, to talk leadership. How do you bring out the best in others? How do you motivate someone who's already at the top of their game? And how did Ron's puppy get so cute? This is Three Things with Rick Elias. Today, I have with me a dear friend, Coach Ron Rivera as he enters his ninth year as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Ron, welcome to our show. Well, thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. So, Coach, you know, it is a, a fun time. Season is about to start. I am sure there's all sorts of feelings and emotions uh, across the NFL. What What's it like being uh, on a team right now uh, and all the anticipation? You know, it really just depends on, on who you are and where you are in your career. I mean, if you're a, you know, if you're a, a young player, uh, that's just getting started. There's a uh, there's a lot of anxiety, you know, because you, you know for some of these guys, you know, they don't know if they're they're on the bubble. They don't know if they're going to make the team. Um, you know, for a veteran guy that knows he's going to make the team, you know, there's there's you know there's not nearly as much anxiety as much as there's just you know being anxious, anxiety as to playing the game, getting ready for the regular season. Um, and and kind of what's happening now is you see guys are really truly concerned about staying healthy as they go through the through the preseason do you remember the feeling your first year oh absolutely my first year and you know rick i was a second round pick so i was i don't want to say i was guaranteed to make the team but you know 90 percent of the ch you know chance of me making it was high so right i, I you know I, I, but i still had that anxiety i still had that you know that that concern oh gosh you know am i going to make the team and and like i said being a high draft pick you know i was i was pretty much assured making the team but i had that feeling do you remember the first person you hit on a real game? I can tell you this. My first tackle in the NFL was uh, Frank Bill Harris when he played for the Seattle Seahawks at the end of his career. No way. <laughs> That's yeah, great. So it's, and it's funny because I, I've had a couple of people, I said, I will give you every clue in the world except for who this person is, and you'll never guess who my first NFL tackle was. And I sit there and go, hey, he was a running back, played for the Seattle Seahawks. And every you know they go through all the names, and, and then when I finally say, "Well, it's Franco Harris," I go, "No way! He didn't play for the Seahawks. <laughs> yes, he did. Very end of his career." So, how do you handle the anxiety on the players so that they don't get overhyped and they're ready? And you know, there's a lot of players that you're dealing with all sorts of emotions: people getting cut, people not starting, people getting overhyped. Pretty much like you know, I, I think when, when when you talk about CEOs that run companies. You know, they have to work with, the, with, with with people and try to get them to understand that, hey, this is about giving your best effort, about doing your best, about being on top of your game. But at the same time, just understanding that, that you can't lock yourself up. You know, you can't paralyze your ability to go out and do things the right way. And so I always tell guys, hey, you've been doing this all your life. You've had success doing this. Do those things. Don't do more than you're asked. Do what's asked of you and do your job. And so... You know, when you get guys to understand that, you see them start to, okay, they drop their shoulders a little bit because they're relaxed, uh, and then they see them focus a little bit better. So you're going into the season with some major roster transitions. You lost TD and Khalil and Pep. Who needs to step up? The first thing I always talk about is leadership. You know, 
right now, Luke Keekley has always been a tremendous leader of ours. And he's had to assume an even bigger role in terms of leadership. We know who he is as a football player. And he's earned the right to, to do and say what he does. Um, and, 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 but he's never really taken that and run with it because Thomas Davis has always been there. He's been the, Thomas has been the senior leader. Now Luke is that senior leader. And so he has stepped into that role and, and, and very comfortably well. On the offensive side, you know, losing Khalil, losing that offensive line presence, you know, Trey, Trey uh, Turner has done a really nice job of stepping into that role as a leader and just being that guy. I had Luke and Christian uh, as part of this conversation coming up, and they talked about how intense the way they, they take care of themselves to kind of achieve peak performance. As a coach, what do you do? What, what's interesting now about things, Rick, is when I played, you went to training camp to get in shape. In today's game, the players come to camp in shape. You know, if you've got 90 guys on your roster, 85 of them show up ready to play football. There's always that one or two knuckleheads, you know, guys that just think they can just show up and everything will be all right. But you have to work to get into it. And while you're working to get in shape, while everybody else is already there, you're missing things. You're, you're, you're mentally not prepared uh, because what happens is fatigue. You know, uh, Mike Dicker used to say, you know, being fatigued and, and tired makes cowards out of all of us. It, 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 you know, guys shrivel up because – they're not ready to play. And so coming in in shape is very important. But for us now, it's having to be able to maintain this conditioning and, and this preparedness as we get ready for the season. So, you know, part of my job is to, is to gauge where we are condition-wise and then start to back things up and say, okay, hey, we're doing great over here. We don't have to worry about this section. Hey, we've got to push a little bit more there. So I've got to be able to understand that and do that better. How do you keep learning and evolving? Um, well, one of the things I try to do is, you know, is, is, is talk to my peers, my fellow coaches in, in the league, you know, because I, I really do believe that old saying that says, you know, that, that we don't know everything and, and, and we have to constantly learn. Good leadership is putting good people around you and learning from them. And so what I've tried to do is I've tried to learn from the people that I've worked with, people that I know. Um, and, and then I go outside the box, you know, I, I, and, and you and I have had conversations that have really helped me an awful lot. You know, I've talked to business leaders in our community, guys that have had, you know, great ideas about things. You know, Felix Sabatis has, has, has been terrific. Johnny and Cammie Harris have been guys that have, you know, given me some great insights on, on, on the things. And, you know, uh, when, when you have those kind of people around you, you know, that, that can sit there and help you and direct you, I mean, it's great. You know, I've spent time with Rick Hendricks up at his, his race shop, watching him and how he worked with his race team. You know, I, I've, I've been to Felix's shop and, 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 and been to Ganassi Racing. So, you know, I'm always trying to find a different angle, a different way to look at things. You know, James Borrego uh, with, with, with the Hornets, he and I, we spend time. In fact, he's going to come by tomorrow. We'll sit down and get an opportunity, you know, come watch practice, and he and I will talk about some ideas in terms of leadership. And so, you know, you're always looking to make a connection, you know. And then one of my favorite avenues of, of, of looking for advice or talking to people about different ideas is through the military. You know, I've, I've gone and I've talked with, with men – you know, with leaders from different branches of the military, just to get their ideas on 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 how to motivate, uh, how to make sure things are being done the right way. That's great. And now, as a ninth year as a coach, I can imagine that you know everything has slowed down for you, just like it slows down for players. Correct? Yes, it does. You know, it's interesting though because because you know I, I'm one of those who like to really believe I'm still learning, I'm still growing. 
So I listen. And, 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 and to me, you know, when I have guys that come to me with situations, circumstances, or ideas, you know, they're not all me. You know, I can see things and figure things out, but sometimes there's a better way to do it. So, so I, I'm always open. I'm always open to listen to guys. I'm always open to make decisions on how to do things one way or the other um, and to fix things, correct things. So you're entering the second season uh, uh, with Tepper as the owner of the team. How is his approach different than Jerry Richardson's? You know, Mr. Tepper is, 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 sees things globally, you know, from my perspective. And just looking how he sees this, this, this huge, gigantic picture um, where with Mr. Richardson, everything was, was, was focused in, in, in a box. You know, this, this, is, this is ours. This is, this is where we do things. And we're going to continue to do things this way. Uh, where with Mr. Tepper, it's, hey, this is what's going on around us. This is what people are doing. Let's find some of the other better practices and see if we can learn and grow from those. Now, that's probably the biggest difference, you know, is that we had a way of doing things for seven seasons that I was here. And, you know, it, it, was, it was pretty successful. Now we have a whole new way of looking at things and trying things. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to see this, 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 this difference in, in approach and, and style. So it's, it's been interesting. It has. It really has been an interesting thing. One of the things that Mr. Tepper seems to rely on a little bit more is the analytics of football and diving into that as well. So that's been interesting. You know, analytics in baseball started with Moneyball and then in basketball. You can't do anything in basketball without analytics. It, it feels like football is starting to come along, but it's not nearly uh, as sophisticated. Is that a fair statement? It is because, and Rick, you know as well as anybody, basketball, you can create these one-on-one -on -one situations. Right. In football, very rarely do you get one true one-on-one -on -one situations. No, you say, well, you got a receiver against a corner. Yeah, you do, but the, the quarterback still has to deliver a good pass. Well, and in order for that quarterback to deliver a good pass, you've got to be able to pass protect. So you've got to be able to block him. And so that the, so that the corner is truly one-on-one, -on -one, you can't have a safety come over the top. That means somebody else has got to take the safety out of that area. So there's just so many team um, um, things, concepts that get involved with analytics and football that you, I don't think it's as true to form as it is in baseball or basketball for that matter. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's interesting on Tepper, having a fresh perspective is so important in, in anything. And he's coming in with completely a fresh perspective, uh, not only about what we can be as a, a team, but also the, the role of the city and so forth. So I, I think he's going to be terrific for Charlotte, and uh, I'm happy he is here. So on Monday, you got some good news up to the scare on Cam. I, I can't imagine that was a, a long weekend. <laughs> How are you feeling about your offense? I think you may have one of your best offensive teams uh, in your tenure here. I think we can because of the skill positions we have. You know, when you've got Christian and Greg and DJ and, 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 and Curtis and Jarius and, and, and Chris Hogan and Torrey Smith, and you got guys with that kind of athletic ability as playmakers, it takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback, off that, that one guy that's been the focal point of our offense for so long. The one thing that does have to happen is our offensive line that has had a huge trans a transition over the last couple of years has to come together. You know, and, and probably the biggest thing, biggest cog that we've lost really has been the loss of Ryan Khalil. And, and, You know, now we have Matt Paradis, who we brought in from, from Denver, who's just getting his feet wet in terms of understanding our concepts, our ideas, the way we do things, and then working with the other four guys. That's probably been the biggest thing that's, you know, that's had to happen. Those four guys, those five guys have to come together as a unit. And again, we're working towards that. 
Were you surprised that Ryan came out of retirement so quickly? No. Uh, it's interesting because in just in talking to Ryan and listening to Ryan, you know, I always kind of felt like in the back of his mind, you know, he, he wasn't through. I think, you know, wanting to, 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 to get out of the game, you know, there might have been some outside things that kind of played on his mind a little bit, you know, coming off of injury, you know, uh, and, and really last year playing an injury-free season. Uh, I think all of a sudden he realized, you know what, I'm not as bad physically as I thought. And so when he got the opportunity to come back, I think that's why he took it. Yeah, we're going to miss him for sure. Yes, yes, we are. You know, last year you got really involved in running the defense. Um, are we going to see some of the same this year? Yes. You know, it's interesting because, you know, for, for so long my coaching staff had been together. And last year was the first time, especially on the defensive side, that I lost so many coaches that, that for the first time I had a group of guys that were in different positions or new to those positions. Mm. And we just we just hadn't found that that cohesiveness. So, you know, I, I had a brand new coordinator, a guy that had been a position coach for for for, for, for us for, for for seven straight years, that I felt like he didn't have the same opportunities as the other guys. So I stepped in and worked with him, and I'm trying to mentor him and, and, and help to develop him because he's a terrific football coach, and I really do believe that he is going to be a good good coordinator in this league. It's just he needs some seasoning and he needs some help. So that's what I'm I'm, I'm there to, to help him as. And, and to help our unit as we go forward. Oh, that's terrific. He's, he's lucky to have you as his head coach, as, an, as a mentor, for sure, as a, as a defensive coordinator. So I watched the uh, you know, All or Nothing series. Have you? Um, honestly, no. I can't I've even. I've seen bits and pieces, but, you know. <laughs> Painful. I'm, ang- I'm, a- I'm anxious about it just because, you know, the, 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 the whole dynamics of, of, of what went into that show. Your puppy looks cute. <laughs> I tell you, he's uh he's grown now he's, he's 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 almost 14 months and he's a big dog and i'll tell you it's uh it, it was fun i mean there were some really good moments in there that i can imagine that i i really think um epitomize a little bit more as to who we are as, as a football team and and who we are as a as, as a family and and i really appreciate it but you know there's some things that you know that i wish we could have been able to keep under wraps and that's one of the things about these types of programs now is they're so invasive. I mean, they, they, they get in behind what used to be behind closed doors. Now it's out there. I mean, you see it with basketball, you know, being around it as much as you have been and being part of it, that, that there are some things that used to be sacred that nobody knew about. Now it's getting out there and people are beginning to see, you know, behind the scenes stuff. So how did the decision get made to, uh, to get him inside of the, the curtain, so to speak? Well, what happened was, you know, this was a brand new ownership. And, 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 and so the league and, and, and Amazon came to us and said, hey, look, this is an opportunity to kind of show every, everybody how, you know, things change and, and how things have to go. And, and I think that's really what happened was the interest of putting us out there uh, really became a big deal. Yeah, I, I can't imagine as a head coach, you're probably kind of constantly looking at the camera going, why are we filming this? To me, it, it is a distraction because – a lot of times I would catch myself just before and I would always think to myself, God, I really can't express myself the way I normally would. No, that's right. I think Cam loved the camera, though. He, he, he was... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, any advice for young athletes uh, out there? You know, I, I have a, a friend, a guy named Dr. Kevin Elko. He's a, he's, a, he's a sports psychologist. And in 2015, when we were making our, our Super Bowl push that year, 
I called him and asked him for some advice about things. And one of the things he told me about our guys, he said, hey, he said, Coach, make sure you, your guys understand, be where your feet are. And I thought, wow. He said, Ron, when they're at the facility and, and they're in meetings, tell them, be in the meetings. If they're out on the practice field, be on the practice field. When they're in games, be in the game. And then when they're at home, be at home with their families. And it was real interesting because it was such a simple idea. So I would tell young athletes today, be wherever you are. If you're at practice, be 100% in practice. If you're working out, getting self ready, be 100% in that. But whatever you do, make sure you're focused where you are. Don't let your mind wander. Don't, don't be distracted by things. Be where your feet are. And so if you're on the field, be on the field. That is terrific. And, and think about the impact of social media and all this you know, kind of secondary oh. world. That, that is the opposite of all that. You know, it, it, it's interesting because there are some good that you know comes from it, but but if it's used properly and if, if pl people look at it the right way, but gosh, sometimes it's so destructive because you know the thing that I've noticed there's a lot more courageous people out there uh, than there are people that 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 are that are sincere and 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 kind, and 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 that's you know to me that's that's kind of scary because. You know, all of a sudden, you know, people have an opinion on everything. And I have a little saying that I like to believe in is that's don't, don't draw me a map unless you've been there. To have somebody sit there and <laughs> criticize is never. Well, think about it. I mean, if, if, if I was if, if I if I was going to start a business up, I would call Rick Elias because he's been there. He knows what it takes. I, I wouldn't call, you know, uh, Joe Shamo off the street. I, I would find somebody that's been there that understands it and to have somebody who's never done it sit there and also start telling i mean you imagine rick if somebody who's never do, done what you wanted to do came to you and said hey you shouldn't do this you think about that i find that hard to, to accept and so on social media you have people that are so critical of other people that that it becomes disruptive destructive and and a lot of times most of those people have never done what you're going through or what you want to do so is it fair to assume that you do not read much of the media once uh, once we get going here no, I really don't. Um, it's funny because I, I, I get my media updates from, from my wife, uh, who's my, who's my uh, editor. My chief, oh, yeah, she's my chief media relations person. Um, she's she great, by always, the way. I, I gotta, I'll say, yeah, she is. But I got to remind her, too, I'm not Stephanie. You just got to remember, unless it has David Tepper's name at the end of it, unless it doesn't, it doesn't say Marty Herney, I wouldn't worry about it. Well, you know, they say, I said, Stephanie, it doesn't matter, you know. But she does, and God bless her for reading it, because a lot of times some of the things that she reads are, are very helpful for me. I mean, I, I use them for as examples. I use them as ways to motivate. I use them as ways to, 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 to be sincere with the guys. What's it like having Marty back? It's been interesting. It really has, because, you know, Marty told me, he said, one of the best things, he said, I think this was a real good thing that happened. He said, because it gave me an opportunity to take a step back and look at things. And he came back with, with a whole different outlook on things. I mean, it, this was a guy that was really, uh, I don't want to say a type A personality, but a personality that just pushed, 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 pushed. Now he had a chance to take a step back and say, you know what, there's a different way. Sometimes there's a better way. And I think that's really helped him. And I think it's helped us together because, you know, we see things that are very similar. You know, we, 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 we do look at, 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 at you know, at, at things that sometimes from different perspectives. We do have a lot of discussions. We argue every now and then, but at the end of the day, The one thing we both really appreciate is we both believe in, 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 in what we're doing and everything we do is in the best interest of this team. 
you know, before we wrap up, I, I, I got to mention both Luke, Christian, and, and Greg are friends. They're personal friends, and they're they're world-class citizens and yeah. human beings. And it feels like you guys have drafted and kept around a lot of wonderful guys. Uh, TD was also a friend. Tell me a little bit about the culture you try to build and, and how much does the, the, the quality of the person matter? One of the things that we wanted to make sure is that we bring the right kind of guys that fit our culture, that fit what we, we believe in. And that's been one of the really neat things because, you know, these guys are, are, are really truly family men. These are guys that have more going for them than just football. And when you have guys that you bring in that, that, that are sincere about that, um, again, I think it spills over to the players around them. And one of the things that we always do talk about with our guys really is that, hey, fellas, if there's something that we, we need to make sure we understand and show an appreciation for is our fan base, you know, because these are the folks that come out and they cheer for you. They're behind us 100%, win or lose, you know, they're going to let you know about it. But at the end of the day, you know, we're their team. And, and, and that's one of the things that we've tried to do is make sure our guys understand this. And you got a little bit of a saying that I always, you know, that, that, that I like to repeat to the guys once in, a, once in a while, and that is, you know, I always tell the guys, you know, the best team has a great sense of family. The best family has a great culture. Within that culture, there's tremendous character. And I try to get those guys to understand that if you can equate being part of a team to being part of a family, you know, that's the first step. And, and to be a strong team, to be a strong family, you've got to have a great culture and you've got to have character. And so we try to find those guys. You know, one of the things I always tell these guys is that if you can live your life the right way, a certain way, within a set of core values, you can play for us. You can be part of what we're trying to build. So, Coach, I got two more questions, and we let you go. Sure. You win. Uh, we win the Super Bowl. Uh, if what happens? We win the Super Bowl if we can stay healthy throughout the year, and we can uh, offensively, if we can protect our quarterback, and defensively, if we can, if we can, if we can continue to take the football away from the opponent. Mm. So, who are we playing against in the Super Bowl? Who's your prediction? <laughs> wow. Um, you know, you, to me, you, you, you can't ever overlook New England. You, you really can't. And, uh, you know, it, that would be a thrill just because of uh, who they are, their, 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 who their head coach is, and who their quarterback is. Coach, I will be at the Super Bowl. I will be celebrating with you. I'll bring the champagne. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> I appreciate that, Rick. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Ron. You're a class act. Here are the three things I took away as it relates to peak performance. Number one, be where your feet are. We sometimes let our minds wander way into the future versus staying present and staying connected. Run does a great job of keeping his players grounded by reminding them that all they can focus is the present moment. Number two, similar to what Andy talked about, Run talks about being fatigued makes cowards out of all of us. This theme of getting rest and understanding our bodies seems to be cutting across all these conversations. And number three is the importance of continuously learning, going outside of our fields and looking for new ideas and new stimuli. The great thing about this podcast is I get a chance to do just that, and I find it enriching and rewarding beyond belief. Hope you're enjoying this journey with me. If you're enjoying the Three Things Podcast, let us know. Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out additional content, videos, and more at our blog, threethings.redventures.com. Thanks for listening.